Oh my soul seekers, this is an episode really unlike any episode I have ever done before. You're going to hear why, and also you're going to hear a really big announcement about the show that I share with you at the end of this episode. So I can't wait for you to listen. I can't wait for your feedback. So let's get to it. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life, but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey, and that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. It is so good to be back with you guys. It has been more than a hot minute since I have been on here. And part of the reason is life is busy and life is crazy. My daughter graduated from high school. She's getting ready to head to college, which is blowing my mind. My son had a crazy summer playing baseball and working at camp and we've been busy with music. There's just been a lot going on. But one of the reasons why I haven't been on here and one of the things that I'm doing today, it's a little different for me, is that I usually spend a lot of time prepping for these shows. Like, (laughs) if I'm being honest, I spend way too much time prepping for these shows and thinking about exactly what I'm going to say and exactly how I'm going to say it and what exactly is going to be the presentation and what's the flow so that I don't fumble over my words and I don't sit and ponder and... I don't give a lot of dead airtime. I want to make sure you guys have such a good listening experience. And one of the things that I have realized, I mean, number one, that's such an Enneagram 3 for all of you Enneagram 3s out there. We just want to be performers. We want it to be perfect. We want everything to look polished. And it keeps us from getting work out the door. I don't think that's exclusive to Enneagram 3s. I think that happens to a lot of people. But for definitely for the performer on the Enneagram chart, That's a big hurdle, and it's something that I am constantly working to get over. It's something that my music has definitely pushed me to get over in big ways, kind of, you just have to get out there and do it. But I digress. Point in case, here we go. I don't even know where I started this, but one of the things that keeps me from doing the podcast more consistently is this need of mine to have everything polished. I have so many things Uh, that I talk to people about, that I have amazing, deep, rich conversations about. And when I'm done having the conversations, I always think, oh man, I wish I had recorded that for the podcast because I know that you guys listening, you tell me you love to hear that stuff. You love to hear these great conversations between people and you love to hear um, you know, my last episode was the why letting go doesn't work. And that was just a aha kind of insight that came to me when my friend asked me a question about how I've let things go. And then I really took some time to think about it and and came up with that whole episode. And you guys, I heard from so many of you, you were like, that was maybe your best episode. Like that was so awesome. I love that so much. It was so on point. And whenever I do shows like that, when I come on and I talk about just stuff that happens in everyday life, right? Just realizations that you have. The experience I had going through losing my father and how I found so much transformation during that time. Like those are the episodes that you guys love the most. Those are the ones that resonate with you and you, you know, because it's human. It's just real. It's not so scripted. It's not people pushing a product or their services or you know what they do for a living. Even though people do share great information along with their services, 
What's really hitting home is just regular conversations, imperfect, right? That's what we want to hear. And I more and more am feeling the need to really sink into that as a spiritual exercise for myself, not always showing up so perfect, not over editing the shows, not curating so much every single thing that you hear. That is a long way of saying it's taken me so long to get back to the microphone because I haven't had the time to really sit down and process through on paper, which is usually what I do first. Before I go do an episode, I'll process it all out on paper and have a pretty daggone good idea of, if I'm being honest, almost word for word, (laughs) almost word for word, pretty good idea of what I'm going to say. Today is not that way. Today, I I generally know what I want to say. I have wanted to share this uh, with you for a while, and I just haven't had time to sit down and process it on paper. I mean, I have. I've journaled about it and things like that, but I haven't processed it in the way that I do when I get ready for a podcast. And this morning, I was doing my morning pages. I started doing morning pages for anyone who has heard of that. It's a Julia Cameron exercise from The Artist's Way, and it's three pages, handwritten, every single morning. It takes about a half an hour for anybody who's ever thought about doing this. I thought about doing it for several years before I started doing it, but it takes about a half an hour. You have to write it by hand. You just get a notebook, three pages. However you write is however you write. If you write big, if you write small, that's how much time it's going to take you. But it's been really transformative for me, surprisingly. I have really learned, I've heard people talk about how important it is to actually write things out, you know, how handwriting, that connection between the brain and the hand. And I've always known that, that I, I, I remember things better when I handwrite things versus type things. And I thought, and people have asked me, how do you journal? Do you journal? Do you type? Do you write? How do you do it? Do you have a format? The answer is I have really always journaled in a Word document. I just throw it in a Word document. I call it a thought log. I just get in there and dump it out. But I find that I really actually go to that process, the the typing, when I'm trying to take something and really unpack it. When I have something specific I'm trying to unpack, meaning, for example, I keep seeing repeating numbers everywhere. And if anybody has read Laurel and Jackson, you know she'll say that's a sign, that's how our spirit guides talk to us. So when I'm trying to unpack what in the world are they trying to communicate with me? Because it's been very intense. I keep catching 1111, 444-222, I mean, every day, multiple times a day, I'm catching repeating numbers on the clock, on songs that like I'll pause and I'll pause it right on a two minutes and 22 seconds or something. It's been wild, but that's a whole nother episode. But um, wait, see, this is a good example. How did I even get started talking about that? Oh, so I would go to my journal. That's it. I would go to my journal to try to process what the heck is going on here or what what maybe am I needing to get the message on. But what I've noticed with morning pages, morning pages, I don't I actually don't want to process. I don't want to process longhand. I can't write fast enough for what I'm thinking and as a, as I'm trying to unpack things. Morning pages have really been more just a dump of shit for lack of a better phrase, lack of a more eloquent phrase, actually. It's just a dump. It's the morning dump of what's in your mind. Sometimes it's nothing more than just, oh my gosh, I have so much to do today. And I, what's my timeline for today? And when do I need to be in the shower? And am I going to have time to get a workout in? And like all the things, right? I need to make sure I email that person. I got to follow up with that thing. I have to lay the vocals down for that thing. I have to pick my son up by this time. And then I have to make sure I have his water bottle and his cliff bar and all the things, right? Sometimes that's what my morning pages are. But really that takes about half a page. And then before you know it, I start to get to some other things. And and I mean deeper things. What I'm finding myself writing about in morning pages is I'll just land a question A question that I may not want to unpack right there, but a question that I needed to ask myself that I didn't know I needed to ask. And somehow it'll come to me in morning pages. And then then I know, ooh, that's a question I want to go to my journal and unpack. But I wouldn't have had that question if I hadn't kind of just unloaded everything and gotten it off of my, my brain to get all the junk out of the way for that thing to emerge. 
And that happened to me this morning. I literally just finished my morning pages. It is 8 a.m. And I wrote into my morning pages how much I'm enjoying listening to David Brooks's book, The Second Mountain. And I've talked about The Second Mountain before. I can't remember on what episode. But the whole concept of The Second Mountain is a lot of what we talk about on the show. It's a lot about what I think most of you are living through or, or experiencing, which is, you know, you kind of climb this first mountain in life of achievement and all the things you need to do in the first half of life. You know, that's Carl Jung made these the distinction between the two halves of life. And we talk about this in Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward. That's one of your favorite episodes. It's one of the most downloaded episodes. Uh, I think it was back in March of 2021 that that aired. So if you want to go back and listen to it, you can. Falling Upward, that was about um, uh, uh, the two halves of life, basically, and, and navigating that distinction. But really, he's talking about there. all these people are pointing at the same thing. They're all pointing at this truth that we are invited at some point in our life. It might be midlife. It might be later. It might be earlier. It might be brought on by a disaster or a trauma or not. It could just be brought on by life experiences and where you are in your personal evolution. But the point is, there's this first half of life that's really a survival dance. We're playing by the rules of society because we have to. We have to We have to find our way through this actual very real world that we're living in. And so the first half of life is about achievement. It's about obligation to family. It's about um, achieving personal happiness. I like David Brooks in this book, The, Two, uh, the Second Mountain, He talks about the difference between happiness and joy, and I've never heard this distinction before, but it is so, so good. I have heard a definition of happiness that I love, and it's it's the definition I use, which is happiness is the joy you feel striving for your potential. Bingo, spot on. That so squares with what David Brooks is saying in his book about the first mountain. The first mountain is really about your potential. It's really about you. And how do you achieve and accomplish and reach goals? And those things are important for our psyche, for our development as human beings, which we are. And then we move to the second half of life or we valley over to the second mountain. And that becomes something different. The second mountain becomes more of a sacred dance. You know, we move from a survival dance to a sacred dance. And the second half, the second mountain rather, he says, is really more about service to others. And that's where he says that joy comes from. Happiness is about not serving yourself, but achieving things for yourself. That makes you happy and proud and accomplished and it feels good and you feel happy. And happy is good, but joy is better because joy is about achieving things for other people. And in so doing, achieving things for yourself, right? So I was pondering this morning in my morning pages, just saying how much I am enjoying listening to this book, The Second Mountain by David Brooks. I recommend it. I'm not even halfway through, but it's just resonating so much. And I know it will resonate with all of you too. And I asked myself the question, I wonder if you can skip the first mountain, I wonder if you could just go straight to the second mountain. And I don't know if he addresses this in the book, so I maybe he does, and I'm just not there yet and haven't heard his explanation. But in that quick little question, I quickly surmised, no, I, I don't think you can skip the first mountain. I think the first mountain, it's like Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have to have a certain base. You have to have certain experiences to achieve or reach other levels. Some things have to be in place. I do think there has to be some element of personal happiness and fulfillment in place before you can totally shift out to joy to others. That's not to say that you can't be universally thinking or unitively thinking or collectively thinking your whole life. But I do think there is that kind of itch to scratch of, you kind of need to accomplish something 
and, and feel so good about that and feel so good about yourself and know you have something to bring and contribute to this world so that you know that that's what you want for other people as well. So I think there is something about you have to have that first mountain. You, you have to do the climb and that's what it is on the first mountain. It's a climb and it can be a struggle and it can be you know, a, a test of will and resilience and all those things are important because I think you end up pulling on those in the second half, but in a different way for a different end. But really my question in my morning pages was, do we have to go through the valley? Because David Brooks talks about there's this valley, this ditch basically between the two mountains. And it's hard to come down off that first mountain because it's comfortable. We've achieved a lot there. We understand it, it's a known entity. And who wants to go down? Like, who wants to go down in a valley and go away from achievement and kind of transform? I was about to say let those things go, but as you know, I don't think we actually ever let anything go. How do you go down into that darkness and do that transformation work? And then you're looking at a second mountain and thinking, oh, and then I have to climb that one too? Like, I've already climbed this one and I'm tired. (laughs) Like, I don't want to do anymore. So that was the question I landed myself in Morning Pages. And here, here's why I decided to just come right on the microphone and just blast this out and say, you know what, it's going to be imperfect. Part of it is because I've been trying to get this episode done for so long because I've actually had really deep thoughts about this. Why do we need the darkness? Why do we have to go through periods of disorder or descent to get to a sacred reorder. Why can't we just take the order that we're in and reorder it without going through the hard things, without going through the shadows, without doing this deconstruction work? And I just want to share with you something that happened to me this spring. It was actually the night of Passover, which for those of you who follow the podcast know that my children and my ex-husband are Jewish. So for nearly 20 years now, I have lived a Jewish life. I raised my kids Jewish, happily so, enjoyed learning about that religion, find so much depth and richness and fulfillment there. But it's not mine. It's not my home religion. And so when we separated and we had to decide who goes you know, where for what holidays, it was a no-brainer that my kids would be with my ex-husband on the Jewish holidays. That's his family's holiday. So this past year on Passover, I was by myself, and it was a Friday night, as it turns out, and it also happened to be the full moon. I can't remember what month it was, but it was spring-ish. Obviously, that's when Passover happens. And I decided to go for a walk that night over on a reservoir nearby where I live. It's gorgeous, really beautiful, has this really old bridge that spans the reservoir and a certain point and it was almost sunset and so I rushed over there and I thought you know what I just I really want to get a walk in I'm feeling the need to move some movement tonight as I'm you know missing what I would normally be at you know a, a family gathering with my kids and I was just trying to allow it to be what it was I was trying to allow the feelings to be what they are And so I set out on this walk and there was a sign that said, you know, the path closes at dusk. And I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, it's kind of dusk right now, so I better better hurry up and get a, a good walk in. So I head out, I go over this bridge, which I love. I look over the reservoir, it's gorgeous. I keep going and and I'm processing as I'm walking. I'm actually feeling okay. I am not sad. I am not feeling feelings of sadness or loss or regret. I'm not feeling any of that, which was somewhat surprising to me, thinking that I would I would have all this pang and angst, you know, missing this holiday. But I was okay. I knew that my family was set. I made sure that they were all set for the holiday. They had everything they needed. I knew they would have a nice holiday. And that's really what was important to me. And so as I I, I just kind of accepted it and said, you know what? This is good. I should be happy that I am in this place. And I was, I was happy. I had done a lot of work to get to that place. 
I felt like my kids were happy. They were celebrating a holiday with their father. He was happy. Everybody was in a good place. And so I felt very, I felt very content and so grateful. I can't tell you, I felt so blessedly grateful to have this contentedness settled over me. So I turned around to head back. And as I was coming back, I hit the bridge and the view, you guys, it stopped me dead in my tracks, like dead in my tracks, partly because I should add that as I settled on my happiness and contentedness, then I started thinking about, well, gosh, I mean, why did I have to go through such darkness? Why, why did the last several years have to be so hard? And why did I have to pull up so much of my own shit and work on my own shadows? And ugh, why did I have to go down into the darkness to get to this place of contentedness, of this happiness, of this light feeling, just this liberated light feeling? Why was the darkness necessary for that? So when I came back and I was on my way back and I hit that bridge, because I had also thought, I'm so happy to get to the other side. And I thought, oh my gosh, here I am at this bridge that's crossing this water. And it's almost like a metaphor, right? Like I'm getting to the other side. I'm crossing the bridge. I'm going over to the other side. But what stopped me on that bridge was the view. And I have a picture of it. If there's a way I can figure out how to share a panorama picture on Instagram, I'll do it. Because it was stunning. It it still takes my breath away. On my left-hand side, over the water, this gorgeous, beautiful reservoir is a setting sun that looked like a ball of orange sherbet melting. It was so soft and beautiful. And all around it, like this beautiful lilac sky was just radiating around this gorgeous orange sherbet sunset. Stunning, like so stunning. I'm The picture is beautiful, but it doesn't do it justice. And I thought, oh my gosh, like look at that sun off to my left, like it's just on the left side of the bridge going down over the water there. And I happened to look over to the right-hand side and I noticed the full moon. I didn't realize it was a full moon that night. And I noticed the full moon was was rising. But you know how when the moon, when the sun is still up, you can see the moon sometimes in the sky, but it's a little translucent. So I could tell it was a full moon, but it was translucent. And I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. Like the sun is setting and the moon is rising. And here I stand on this bridge between night and day, between light and dark. And it hit me, you guys. I just had this moment of profound, it brings tears to my eyes to think about now. And all of a sudden, I knew, I realized, I'm not crossing over this bridge. It's not about getting to the other side, which honestly, if I said that once, I said it 50 times when I was in the quote, hard part. I just want to get to the other side of this thing. Whatever it looks like, I just want to get to the other side. Total Capricorn energy in me, like, give me the ladder, tell me where to go, get me to the other side. I don't just want this order. I just want it to be binary. It's either happening or not happening. And it hit me all at once on that bridge. I'm not getting to the other side. There is no other side. It's the bridge. I'm walking on the bridge. That's the whole point of all of this. I am walking on the bridge and I am holding in my left hand this gorgeous sunset and on the right hand this stunning full moon that is just starting to come up. I'm holding light. I'm holding dark. It all belongs. It's all right here. And the point is to stay on the bridge and to keep your feet so firmly rooted on the bridge that the world can turn as the sun moves and the moon, as we know, the sun doesn't move, rather. The moon doesn't move. They are stationary objects. We're the ones moving on this planet and in our world and in our life. 
We're the ones growing. We're the ones changing. We're the ones evolving. We need to be rooted in who we are. And I had done, as I think I had talked about before, I've done so much work on my chakras and aligning those through my vocal meditations and vocal chanting that all of a sudden I just felt it. I just felt this burst of deep, deep rootedness in who I am. And more than that, who I am in this divine ecosystem, that I am part of this bigger thing, but I'm rooted there. I'm not swaying around anymore. I'm not being tumbled through the changing orbit, right? I'm rooted and I'm feeling so expansive and I'm feeling so tall and I feel like I'm I feel like I'm pulled up by my crown chakra, right? Like I'm just so elongated here from root to crown, holding the tension on this bridge of light and dark, and I can do it. There's enough space. I finally made enough space in my life, in myself, in my world to hold all of this where it can all belong. And it felt amazing you guys it felt amazing just that realization that it's not about getting over the bridge it's not about getting to the other side it's about staying on the bridge I don't know if that's landing with you as much as it landed with me then and still clearly lands with me right now but that's how it landed so Take this panorama picture. If I'm honest, I take about 10 because I want to get just the perfect, right, beautiful shot. And the sunset keeps getting more and more gorgeous. You know how they do as they set. So I kept taking the picture and retaking the picture. And anyway, I have one that I love. I will try to share that with you. And finally, I move off the bridge. I go on to do what we do, right? We live life. I'm going to Target. You know, it's Friday night. I don't have a gig. Hallelujah. You know, my friends are busy with Passover or with other family things. So I'm just having a night to myself. I roll into the town nearby to go to Target. And it had gotten dark by then. You know, it's finally dark. And I round the corner. And I come over a hill. And I am greeted by the most brilliant full moon that I've ever seen. Gorgeous, so bright. It was so bright, you guys. And then it really hit me. The question that I had been asking on that walk and continued to ask, even after I had that major moment on the bridge, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I get it, I get it, stay on the bridge. But I still wondered, why did I have to go through all that darkness just to understand this? What the hell? Why was that so necessary? I don't want to do that hard work. Like, why do we have to go to those dark corners, those dark recesses? And when I saw that moon, I knew it hit me. What made that moon bright? What made its brilliance stand out? It was the darkness. When I saw it earlier, it was still, um, it was still dusk. So the sky was kind of a pale blue color. It was darker than the the sun side of the bridge. It was darker than that side, but it wasn't yet black. It wasn't yet dark. It wasn't yet deep. And so when I looked on the bridge, when when the moon was sitting in the blue sky, the twilighting blue sky, it was translucent. The moon was a little translucent. But by the time I made it to Target, it was dark totally dark and then I could see the moon's light the darkness solidifies our light you guys that's what it does that's why we have to go there that's why we have to get in there and dig and do the hard work and sit with the hard things and let them do their work let them show us the contours Let them show us the outline of where the light actually is. I saw a quote, somebody, I didn't see it, I heard it on a podcast, and I can't remember who it's by. This is me not being prepped, right? This is me just going by the fly here. But if I, I will come upon it and then I'll put it on Instagram and I'll I'll quote it appropriately. I'll cite it appropriately. But someone said something about like, if you go into the dark and you take a flashlight, all you know is the light because that's 
what you're going to keep your eyes on, the flashlight. Where's the flashlight shining? What's it shining on? You're never going to know the darkness if you don't go into the darkness for darkness. Now, ultimately, does it help us find our own light? Yes, it does. But if you bring a light in, so like that sun was still the light in when I was on that bridge. I still couldn't really see the moon. I could kind of see it, but not really see it. It's, it's brilliance. I was missing its brilliance, right? It wasn't until it got totally dark that I could see its brilliance. And I think that's the same thing for us. Sometimes we have to go to the total dark to see the brilliance, our own brilliance. So that's kind of what I've wanted, been wanting to share with you, just that realization about why we have to go through these dark times, hard times, why we have to sometimes sit with things that are difficult and hard and ugh, just let it be dark. And that's okay. There's nothing to fear in the dark. Actually, this also hit me the other day. There is a lot to fear in the dark because possibility lives in the dark. Possibility is what happens in the darkness when there's nothing, when it's blank. And when things are possible, anything can happen, which is so exciting and completely frightening because anything can happen. We could lose everything, right? But again, we don't really ever lose anything, right? Everything just gets transformed. We don't quite understand that. Once we understand that, then I feel like we're a little more willing to go into the dark and let it do its job because you're understanding nothing's really going to get lost. It might come out looking completely different and you have to be open for that, but it's not going to get lost. You're not really going to let anything go. It's going to transform into something else. But that can all happen in the dark, you know? Things can happen down there, but anything can happen down there. You could find brilliance that you never knew existed before. And I think that that does have to happen in the dark. That's where seeds germinate. That's where life begins in a womb of darkness. It all starts in the dark. And that's scary but not if you embrace it in the idea that that's where life forms. That's where transformation happens. That's where that alchemical kind of magic starts. So that's what my morning pages brought up for me today, guys, with that one question of, do you have to go to the first mountain? Can you just skip to the second mountain? Do you have to go to this valley? Like, is that necessary? And yeah, I guess this is my answer. I think it's necessary because the valley's dark. And sometimes we need the darkness. I've been living my life more cyclically lately. I have been moving from a linear line of thinking about my life in steps and order, never going backward. I hated the idea of going backward. But when I moved from that linear life to this more cyclical life, it definitely kicked up a storm because I think that's what happens when those two kind of energies meet and those two forces meet. They're going to duke it out a little bit and say, nope, I want to stay in a linear fashion. And then, you know, the second half of life or the further journey or whatever you want to call it is pulling you to this more cyclical life, right, where you flow a little more with nature, you flow and cycles, you understand a little more of how that works. Since I've embraced this cyclical fashion, it doesn't bother me as much to have days where maybe my energy is a little lower or days where I feel sad. I had one of those days a couple weeks ago. It was my dad's birthday. And you guys, it's been three years since he passed and and we buried him on his, on his birthday so it's kind of a loaded day but it brought me to my knees this year and i mean to my knees like i i was more sad this year on his birthday than i have been since he passed it a lot was coming up that day a lot 
And I feel like because now I'm embracing this, like, just go there, just go there and something's in there that either that needs to be transformed. Something is in there that needs to be transformed. This is feeling very heavy and dark. And what is it? And you guys, I let myself. That's like not a whole long period that I've been through, right? So I went through a long several year period of darkness. But just to show you how the darkness can can pop up even for maybe an hour or a day or a week. And it's okay. You can go in there and dig it out and let it do its work. I did. That morning, I was like, I need to be, I need to cry. I really, I need to sit. I need to sit with some letters he wrote me that I had, some letters I had written him that I had. I need to sit with these letters. I need to cry my eyes out. I need to sob. I need to actually let my body move and kind of wail a little, (laughs) which is an unusual experience for me to allow myself to do that. I don't like that feeling always, but I did. I let myself do it. And I'm actually now telling you guys about it, which feels very vulnerable because I don't usually share this stuff. But um, I can't tell you how necessary it was. There, there were things in the letters that my dad wrote me. I mean, I'm talking years ago, you guys. That's a whole other story of how crazy it is. I found these two letters. But anyway, there were things that he wrote that I, I read several years ago that helped me then. But I read it again that day, and (laughs) it was stunningly exactly what I needed to hear. Stunningly exactly what I needed to sit in and process through and to let the emotion come up. And it's coming up now. Maybe you hear it in my voice. It's coming up now. And I had to sit with it and let it do its thing. And I did. And then, you know, I have this thing about water. If you don't, it's been in other episodes, but this is a whole, I all of a sudden was like, I need to be submerged in water. I need to be submerged in water right now. And so I did that too. I I just submerged myself in water and let myself be. And it was so cathartic and so therapeutic beyond. And it transformed something in me. And it gave me direction that I have been asking for, actually. I have been asking for some very specific direction. And it all, literally, you guys, it all came together. It was like the blessed moon. It was just like the moon. It all became very clear and brilliant and bright because I sat in that dark space that day and let the darkness do its thing. And slowly, the moon solidified. My light solidified. And I knew and I had clarity and it was such a relief. It was such a relief. And it took a couple hours. And you know what? I am lucky. I am fortunate I had those couple of hours that day to give it. I had to wave somebody off. I was supposed to do something that morning. And I had to wave my, my music partner off. And I just told him, I'm having a hard time this morning. It's my dad's birthday. And I need to process some stuff. And I'm sorry. And I need this time. And when I tell you, I have never, ever done that in my life. I have never told someone I'm upset today and I need a minute or 10 or two hours to deal with what's going on with me. I've never done that. I've just muscled through, right? I have just, I have something to do. This is what's on the calendar. And, you know, of course, sometimes you can't, it's not possible, but it was possible that day. Normally I would say it's not. I would normally in my normal mind say, nope, I, I, I said I was working at, you know, 11 and so I'm going to work at 11 and I'm just going to keep going and push through and hold to my commitment that I said 11 o'clock. But I was like, you know what? He's, he's going to be okay. He has other things he can do this morning. I don't have to sit with him this morning and and get done what we were going to get done. I'm going to take this time for myself and maybe it's going to be the whole day. And I warned him it might be the whole day. I don't know. And then I'll get right back at it tomorrow. And everything can wait. And you know what? It could that day. It could wait. I'm lucky that it could. Or it was all meant to be that it could. I don't really know. But I just know that the old Becky would never have done it. I never would have taken the time. I never would have waved him off. And I never would have allowed myself to just move through those emotions and to sit in that hard, dark place. I just wouldn't have done it. 
and I would have missed the message. I would have missed it. So that's kind of what's weighing on me this morning. And and I wanted to just kind of hop on the mic and I just wanted to share it raw. (laughs) I'm going to do my best not to edit this and just kind of come at you how it came out. Bumps and all, sniffles and all, which I'm doing. I need to blow my nose. Sorry. But yeah, so the darkness, it solidifies our light. And sometimes they're long, dark periods that we have to go through to do some major deconstruction, which is what I had to do, and major transformation, which is what I've had to do. Or maybe it's a day. For me, it wasn't even a whole day that day, my dad's birthday. It was just a couple of hours. But I think it went a couple hours because I I allowed it and I went with it. I flowed with what nature was telling me to do, and and we worked through it. We, meaning me and my spirit guides, we just, I processed through it and, um, I'm grateful because I really needed that. And then I was fine, but I wouldn't have gotten there if I hadn't gone to the dark. So that's, that's really what I'm bringing to you today. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. Like I said, this is new and I'm trying to be more open and less edited because that's part of my spiritual work right now is really, Oh, letting people see me uh, the way that I am, you know, not polished, not perfect, not always so presentable, I guess. On my music uh, Instagram, which is uh, 426 Studios, at F-O-U-R 26 Studios, uh, I popped on there one morning after a gig, a late night gig that we had gotten rained on. And I just felt like I I just was feeling very funny about like I had dumped out my gig bag and I had like all my crap laying everywhere. And I thought, oh my gosh, people should see this, like the not so glamorous side of gig life. And my first thought was, well, I can't do a video on this right now because I mean, I'm literally just rolled out of bed and threw a hat on to take my son to camp. And that's how I am right now with my tea in my hand. I have no makeup on. You know, I look horrible. I sound horrible. Like it's early. And I thought, no. This is exactly what I need to do right now. I need to just do a funny little video and put my face out there the way that it is. And so I did. And people loved it. It was funny. It was me. And I'm just trying to embrace that more. So also to say that things are transforming. And I have been very busy with lots of stuff this summer. And one of the things I've been busy with is reimagining the show, which I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about I have been wanting to put some fresh energy into the show for a while now. I've been wanting to take it in a little bit of a different direction for a while, and I I haven't seen the contours of that. I had to sit and wait in the kind of darkness of unknowing of of what I was going to do for a little while. And sure enough, the unknowing did its job, and the contours have come into play. And I'm so excited to share with you that Unleash Your Soul Song, this podcast is transforming. We are transforming. Nothing is getting lost, right? It's nothing. We're not letting anything go. We're not losing anything, but we are transforming into something new. And it's going to actually be a show that I'm going to co-host, which I am so excited about. I feel like I do better in conversation with someone else. It makes me it forces me actually to be less scripted and more spontaneous which again is one of my spiritual practices that I'm working on. And so uh, I really felt I needed to take the show there. And so I am. I'm very excited to announce that I will be doing this show with a different name to be revealed in just a minute. But I'm doing this show with a former guest. Actually, she was one of my first guests, Tammy McCarthy, one of my dear friends, a soul sister, a just a beautiful soul, uh, someone who, when I met her in early 2000, we just were kindred spirits right away. And we love talking about all the woo-woo stuff that happens in our world. You know, like I have a thing about redbirds and I have a thing about water and I have a thing about signs and I have a thing about like all these things, right? And And just... Our religious background, we were both raised Catholic and how we have navigated through that and how we feel about religion now and just all the things. We love talking about these deep, mystical, woo-woo, 
religious, whatever you want to call them, divine, source, connection, unity. We love talking about that stuff together. And we both live in the real world and we joke about that all the time. It's like we are doing this woo-woo stuff, but we have to live in this real world. And how are we balancing that, right? It's back to the bridge. How are we balancing this integration of moving to the second half of our lives, moving to the second mountain and, and seeing all of it, but we still, there is still this integration piece that has to happen with the fact that we are living a very real life. We have kids, we have dogs, we have groceries, we have laundry, we have jobs, we have stuff that just has to get done. And you can't always be woo-woo all the time, right? Like it can't always be that you're falling down the woo-woo, you know, spiral every minute. And so how do you integrate these things? And so we started talking about that and we were like, you know what? We need to just talk about this together because people, we think whenever we talk about this with other people, they love it. So that's where the show is going. Tammy and I are taking this show We are changing the name. It won't change for another couple of episodes, so fear not. But in a few episodes, this show is going to be called Woo Woo in the Real World. Because guess what, soul seekers? That's what we're doing. We are trying to bring this soul-seeking, woo-woo, enlightened, awakened, whatever you want to call it, experience. But we want to weave it into our world, right? We need to weave it into our real life. How do we do that? What's that look like? Because guess what? It ain't always pretty. Sometimes it smells like, smells like, (laughs) it sounds like sniffles. Sometimes it sounds like losing your shit on your kid. I mean, sometimes we do things that are not really zen or desirable or the better part of ourselves. And then how are we bouncing back from that? So there's kind of that piece. But then there's also just the piece of what do we do with these mystical experiences? How do we let them inform our life? How do we let them shape what we're doing? So there's that piece. How do we integrate our businesses, you know, where we're trying to make a living? You know, we have to make our way in this world. That's a reality. How do we integrate that? Do you integrate that? Just all these different pieces of how do we actually weave these things together and live it? So what we want to do is just give you a really honest, vulnerable look at how we're doing it and how some of our friends are doing it and how people are helping us and what practices might be helping us and who we're learning from what we find insightful, like it's going to be all over the map. So I wouldn't call it like a tools and tips and tricks kind of podcast at all. I would just call it like two good friends, two deep soul seekers, two soul sisters on the further journey. What's that look like? And we have so much fun. We have so much fun together. So it's going to be this podcast. It'll stay right here in the feed. Uh, the name will change. The artwork, art, artwork will change. All of that will change. And I will be promoing that on the Instagram, on Unleash Your Soul Song, Instagram at Unleash Your Soul Song. I'll preview it all there. Uh, and that handle will also change to, to reflect the new show. So I'll keep you posted. I'll bring you along. We don't want to lose you. We want you to come with us because it's just going to be so much fun. We're also going to record it video, which is, oh, you guys, like talk about step out of my comfort zone. I hate doing video. I have red light syndrome where like a camera comes on and I, <laughs> it messes me up. People put cameras on when we're playing and I'm I, that has taken me a lot to get over to not forget my word or uh, it, there's something about it. It just like triggers me, but I'm getting over it. So we're recording video and we'll also have this audio. Uh, so there'll be lots of different modalities and different ways for you to take in the information, whatever suits you. And it's just going to be fun. And we hope to do lots of fun things with the show. I don't want to give away too much more. I've already given away too much. But it's coming. It's coming this fall. We're super excited about it. I'm super excited about it. And um, I really can't wait to stay on this journey with all of you. It has been a journey. It's been almost two years since I started this podcast. And my hope was 
to learn from people, to interview people, to have conversations with people that helped me on my journey and helped you on your journey and helped us all embrace that edge of becoming. And I feel like the show has done that. And now it's time to transform to the next level of we've embraced the edge of becoming. And now how do we integrate? Or maybe people still are embracing the edge of becoming and they just want to know, what's it look like? <laughs> like, give me a sneak peek inside of there. What's that look like um, when I'm living on the bridge? You know, when I'm on the further journey, do I really want to embrace this edge of becoming? Yes, my friends, you do. You do. And we just want to give you a peek at what that looks like. So that's the evolution. That's what's happening over here. I feel like this was a lot for one episode. I don't know how it's all going to sound when I listen back. I'm going to do my best not to edit. I'm going to really maybe tie my hands together, not allow myself to edit and just let it be because that's what I'm trying to do right now. A three has a hard time letting things be. And that's what I'm trying to do. So thank you guys for coming on this journey with me, for being part of this community, for all of your encouragement along the way to keep going, to tell me what you like, what you're finding helpful. And let's just keep going. I hope you guys have a really great week. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, I hope that you will share it. Building this community is important because I think it's helpful to know other people are going through the same thing you are. It just normalizes things. So thanks again for being here. I'm going to leave it at that and have a great week. You and me, you and me, he and she. Your neighbor, stranger down the street. Form a chain, form a chain. Grab the clouds, grab the clouds. Cause we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and the songwriting experiences we offer for individuals and corporations, please visit www.thefour26.com. That's www.thefour26.com.